Hello and welcome to Project 99. It is February 4th, 2021. Uh, we have a couple different topics to cover today. The first one that I was like, wanted to, I wanted to watch the video, which I didn't. I said I was going to watch it before we started this, but then I completely forgot. <laughs> um, about this uh, Deputy Kerr, who, what state was that in? What was he, what state was he? It was in, uh, I think Louisiana. Hold on a second. Um... Lafayette Parish Office. I think it's in Louisiana. So this this deputy um, committed suicide after posting this video um, basically about how racist the police force is because he was uh, a black officer and he was also, what do they say, an Afghanistan veteran? He, he says Oh, Kentucky. He is that what it says? It says he was a veteran. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. But so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's like you have to read the whole statement and then the, you can actually watch the video online. Um, but it's pretty heartbreaking. It's pretty heartbreaking. This guy basically like spent his whole life, um, you know, serving the military and then being an officer here in the States, mm -hmm. was a sheriff and um, just just said that he just can't take the unfairness of it. All. He was 43 years old. I mean, it was, it's just heartbreaking. So it when was I, it, it was Louisiana Lafayette Police Department. When I was reading about that today, I was just like, wow. It's like not, I mean, I'm not in any kind of law enforcement and I'm not black. So I guess that's never a position that I could even imagine being in. So like reading about his experience and the fact that it drove him to suicide, it's just like, I don't know. It's it's definitely worth looking into. It's worth watching the video. Um so that was the first thing that I wanted to bring up because it was just like really shocking when I read it. I, yeah. I feel really bad for his family. Like not only do they have to like, I don't know, just live in the reality where they know that like because they are black, they have to deal with these issues. But now they lost their dad to it. And it's like, have to have to think about that every day. Yeah. Like my heart just, uh, my heart goes out to him. It's just really sad. Yeah. Um, and I hope that like the department that he worked for, if they truly are like upset that he passed, that they will make it their mission to change the things that he addressed but mm -hmm. i don't know i won't hold my breath we can hope but i mean i think some things you know generally what's always happened in the past is the the leadership at a department they 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 force the chief to resign you know they'll sometimes do an investigation and say well there were systemic problems but we got rid of the chief who was the you know it's like they they want to act like it's just one person but it's the entire system, you know, and that's and that's a lot harder of an obstacle to overcome because, as we always say here, it's about the infrastructure. You know, you got to change the entire system sometimes, and that's a really hard thing to do. And politicians aren't known for wanting to do very hard things. They want to just slap a, a bumper sticker on and say, I'm for this, I'm for that. But like, reforming police departments and understanding like what they experience understanding what the people they police experience like it's complicated shit it's not something you could just be like oh well we get rid of the chief you know what i mean it's and that's what that's what makes me angry with politicians because they always want the the low-hanging fruit the easy thing that they can say well scapegoat. i did this or i did that you know what i mean everybody's always looking for a scapegoat that is the american way man take a house that's foundation is broken and just slap some new paint on that bitch and call it done like and another thing, I mean, the fact that he was a veteran is is upsetting because, you know, a lot of these, I mean, people on both sides of the the criminal and the law enforcement, um, are people that have that are that have been to war and seen things that no human being should have to endure. Like I'm a pacifist, and I, 
you know, I understand that sometimes because there are evil people in the world who want to do evil things like Hitler, sometimes you have to intervene and you have the only way you can deal with that kind of malevolence is with force. So I understand I'm a realistic person, but at the same time, I think when you send human beings into an inhuman situation and when kids grow up in war zones, you know, it, it just, it destroys a certain part of humanity. And then you come back to this world where everything is like, probably feels like a dream because it's not every second you have to be a survival mode. And, you know, so the, here's this guy who, who comes back from, you know, gets out of the military. And I don't know if he actually saw combat. The article doesn't say that. Um, but, you know, he was in the military and you train for that kind of thing. And then you, and then you come out and you become a police officer and then you see, you know, all the racism that's infused in the system and you, you feel like you're on the side that's causing it, even though you're a person of color, like, it's just so extreme for someone to have to deal with that. And, you know, I'm, I'm with you. Well, and I think that's the other thing that he said in the statement. Like I said, I didn't get to watch the whole video. I was just like reading uh, the articles about it. Um, but, you know, part of that, too, is that it's not just about the police argument, but like so many people that come back from those situations. And, well, we all know the VA is just shit. I mean, we, we personally know just from people in our family that have had to deal with VA hospitals and stuff that they just, I mean, first of all, medical care in our country as a whole, unless you're super wealthy, is just, is, is shitty. But then, you know, we fuck veterans over by not giving them the best health care mm-hmm. and especially mental health resources. Yeah. I mean, it's just like so many veterans end up committing suicide. It's like well, you know, the, we, the statistics for, the, for it are staggering. Well, we live in a, in a culture that is... Um, you know, it, it's a, it's, it's like consumerism and capitalism is, is infused into absolutely everything that we do and we consume and we throw away, right? Everything's just disposable and human beings aren't disposable. You don't use a guy who's somebody's son, who's somebody's brother. You don't use them and throw them into a, an, a ridiculous war they should have never been in and traumatize them and then bring them back to this country and have them and give them no support. I mean. It's just, it's like they're just disposed of. Homeless people, you know, little kids. I mean, our whole society has a problem of not wanting to really look at every single human being as, in, as being, you know, invaluable. It's just, it, I just think it's part of our culture that we just need to really dig in. And I thought coronavirus would, you know, kind of bring some of that out because people were forced to be away from each other. And, you know, they say absence makes the heart grow fonder. So... I thought that people being, um, you know, isolated would make them appreciate even more the other people they couldn't see and things like that. But I don't know. It's just, it's just one example of many. But um, anyways, at the bottom of the article, there is a phone number here for the the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. It's 1-800-273-TALK. So uh, if you don't have that jotted down somewhere maybe to keep it in case you hear somebody that's you know sounds depressed or saying which i mean if if that's the only resource you have to give to people then by all means give it to them but i can tell you just from calling one of those hotlines because i i don't i just i didn't want to give it to someone who you know with without not knowing what they were going to hear when they called it right mm-hmm. so i knew this person who was struggling with uh drug addiction was trying to get sober um, was going through some shit and someone said, well, why don't you give them this number? So I called it and they put me on hold. And so 
as much as like that number is passed out to people, and I think like if it is the only resource that you have, by all means, use it. At the same time, it's not a it's not a fix all. You can't just hand somebody right. the number for a suicide hotline right. and hope that. So if you think of someone's like actually going to do something, the first thing I would say is to call nine one one or can't call nine one one. Reach but out. Then to, a lot of times you get the police, which is a problem. Right, right. Which I mean, first case, I would just try to get a hold of somebody you know that is close to them, right? Family yeah, members, sure. this and that and the other. Sure. But um. But I'm talking about know. if you're that person, if you're the right, person, absolutely. you know. Absolutely. And, and there's also other options. Like I know in our area, we have uh, Northwood Mental Health Systems and they have a crisis hotline. Um, so you're not just, you know what I mean? You're not going to get put on hold. Um, but I don't know. It, that's just another example. You know what I mean? Of mm-hmm. it says how this particular, it, it says this particular line is 24-7. So that's good. That's, that's I, good. I, hope that, I would hope that somebody wouldn't get put on hold on that one. I mean, but you know, there's only so many people to work these things and it's just i don't know it's just sad i know a lot of these hotlines can people have had bad experiences with them they also have a text line too mm-hmm. um and there's one that says call veterans crisis line is 1-800-273-8255 and press one so it's like the same number but if you it must ask you when you go through it if you're a veteran yeah that doesn't that just seem so shitty though it's like a it's like an automated thing and you gotta like press numbers like i don't know it's just I, I, I've, I've been there. You know what I mean? I str- I've, de- I've dealt with my mental health struggles and I've been in those situations and it's like, you do not want to hear a robot voice machine or be right. put on hold. Like that shit's awful. So mm-hmm. I don't know. This country needs a massive overhaul with how we deal with all of our health care, especially mental health care. Mm-hmm. I mean, shit can't get better if people aren't mentally right. And the crazier the world gets, the worse that shit's going to be. So I don't know. That's my rant about that. But... Well, in light of that, um, we were going to give some updates on um, some of the news stories we've covered in the past um, regarding police issues because we promised that we were going to revisit them every once in a while and see if there's been any changes. So um, Mr. Kyle Rittenhouse, who you may remember was the Kenosha shooter um, who went to Kenosha, Wisconsin, and uh, in the wake of Jacob Blake shooting, and decided he was gonna, going to um, protect businesses in the area and got in over his head um, and ended up killing two people and shooting a third one and causing traumatic injury to that person. Um, so he was arrested, and um, he, his bond was set at uh, $2 million, and the, um, the MyPillow CEO guy and some other religious organizations um, started a save Kyle, you know, get Kyle out of jail kind of fund. Wow. If so that's not... they raised Jeez. the $2 million and he, he was out on, uh, on bond or whatever and went to a bar and was photographed and on video, um, with his mom, he, he was, his mom was there with him, but he was drinking alcohol, which he's not 21. But there's some question as to whether, because his mom was there, was he allowed to have a drink or I whatever. thought when you were out on bond though, that you weren't allowed to be like bond and probation i thought you weren't allowed to like i mean drink it depends or... on the it depends on the state and they can they can the judge can require you to comply with certain things like when i was with the sheriff's department as an intern we would go and do home visits to people who part of their probation agreement was that they wouldn't have alcohol in their house and we just had to like go into their house randomly and like see that they didn't have alcohol like or that they were home or whatever the thing was but um so uh it, after that incident which was obviously um on social media and also he was with three proud boys and he was flashing uh hand signals that are um like white supremacy signals so 
the prosecutors immediately went back to the judge and um, said, you know, we need stricter regulations on him. And his Rittenhouse's lawyer said, no, 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 that's not a problem. We will make sure he doesn't consume any alcohol, make sure he doesn't hang out with anybody of questionable character. We will da, 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 da. So they agreed to that. Well, then the next thing that happened was um, he wasn't where he was supposed to be because I guess he's supposed to be at a particular location. And if he would move from that location, he's supposed to notify the authorities where he's going. And he wasn't there. And his attorney said he was at an undisclosed location for his own safety because he's had threats against against him. But the police were like, well, that's not that's not acceptable because, you know, he's out on bond and we need to know where he is. I mean, let's face it. If the MyPillow guy owns a private jet or knows anybody who owns a private jet, it's not like there's airport security to check your passport. Like he could get on a private jet and be out of the country and like nobody will ever know where he is. Like that's a problem. So, um, you know, I don't know where that's... Which I highly doubt they'd do that because I think these psychopaths actually think that he's going to walk just because they've decided to make a martyr out of him. I mean, yes, but at the same time, like... Oh, I mean, it's fucked up. It is. You know, look what happened with the the influenza. (laughs) Remember the uh, affluenza kid? who was drunk driving and killed some people. And then they, his parents actually tried to argue that he didn't. Oh, yeah, his defense was, I've never had any consequences. I'm so rich, I've never had any consequences yeah. in my life, so I didn't know any better. And then him and his mom ended up, like, leaving the country and going to, like, Bermuda or somewhere, like, like against the rules of their, so I they mean, got yeah, re-arrested. I see that. I just think that this uh, Kenosha kid, they're, they're going to make a, a political martyr out of him. Well, for sure. Like they're probably already and planning. Not, they're probably already planning shit. for him to run for Congress. Yeah. I'm sure they are. Absolutely. They take all of these news stories and they they want to hype the person into, you know, some kind of hero so they can put them on a political ticket. And all that people know about him is the is the propaganda that's been put out there. So, um, and speaking of that, one of the Capitol Hill uh, women who was there uh, destroying property. Asked the judge for permission to go to Mexico on a trip because she already prepaid for it. I mean, come and he on. granted it, didn't he? I don't. It's, it hasn't been decided yet. But it was some kind of work retreat where she was supposed to emotionally bond with her employees. And I'm like, for real? Like you go and attack the seat of our democracy in an insurrection saying that you don't care if people die, whatever, and, and broadcast it on social media and then have the audacity to come back and be like, but I had a trip planned. Like, we don't give a shit about your trip. Like, I really just, the, the brazenness of the of what's, I mean, when people live in a different reality, I guess that's what it is, but. Um, and then you had the, the QAnon shaman who was insisting that he have only organic food. Because if he eats anything that's not organic, he gets so sick. And I don't mean to make fun of that, but like you put people's lives in danger with your insanity and then brag about it. And then you want to be treated like royalty. I mean, it's just kind of disgusting. And like Republicans in any other situation would be like, if this was a Muslim person who was demanding that they have a Muslim diet, they would be flipping out saying, that's the consequences of going to jail. Yep, but, but you know it's, it's their guy, so he deserves a vegan diet or whatever the hell it is. So that's nonsense. But anyway, I'm not even shocked by the hypocrisy anymore. I'm just I'm I'm literally dead. To, but at least the judge anything. didn't let him out because of that, like excuse. Because I think it was an excuse to try to get out of jail. Like, well, first there's coronavirus risk, and then there's you know the the dietary thing and whatever. So can we just can I just get out of jail, please? No, 
You can't get imagine if the guy who committed the Boston bombing asked to get out of jail because he needed a certain diet. That's what I'm saying. It's like time to come back to reality. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, still, America's still not treating these people like terrorists. So, I mean, I don't think anything's. I don't think anything's really going to come of it. I'll be shocked if any of them serve longer than a year. So, um, okay, so on Brianna Taylor's update, I was actually surprised that there had been some, um, you know, update on this. And apparently there was a, uh, a review of the police department, um, and they came up with some pretty scathing, um, you know, criticisms of that particular police department. And the citizens are, you know, demanding changes. And the police department, one of the things he found that was the people in the police department are like this other officer. Just they, they don't even want to police anymore. Morale's extremely low. Um, but, you know, being a police officer is one of those jobs where it's like, okay, well, now what do I do? You know what I mean? It's not like you have a broad range of other skills. You're, I mean, even if you're a security person, like... <laughs> I mean, there's a certain um, set of skills for that job, and it doesn't really convert well to 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 other others. So they're going to have to like retrain and everything. So I mean, I know it's easy for people to say just go get a different job if you if you're not happy being a police officer, but I mean, that's 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 quite a uh, you know conversion. Um, so they uh, the report made several recommendations, including more community engagement and a better department structure and noted in particular that many people of color don't trust police officers due to generations of problematic relations. So like you can't fix the past, right? I mean, you're going to have to build bonds with the police officer going to have to build bonds in the community. Um, it says we have committed to reimagining public safety and that requires an unflinching comprehensive look at what the um, police department is doing well and what can be done better. Louisville mayor Greg Fisher said Thursday, an independent audit like this is an extraordinarily valuable, extraordinarily valuable tool in making an organization better. And we plan to learn, lean into those findings here, good and bad. So key findings were low morale. Approximately 75% of the respondents said if they had a chance, they would leave and move to another agency if they could. Um, according to the company hired to conduct the review. In addition, the department is having issues recruiting and retaining staff. The report noted that uh, the LMPD is incorporated de-escalation training, so that's good. They are incorporating the de-escalation training, which to me, like maybe the morale went down because they're actually expecting them to do their job properly, which is a lot harder. I mean, look at it. There's two ways to do any job, right? You can show up, punch your clock, and do the bare minimum possible, avoid every bit of work or whatever, and, you know, then you look at it like, hey, I'm getting paid to do almost nothing. But then somebody comes in and they're like, hey, you know what? We're paying you and you need to do your job. And here's the things you need to do. And people sometimes start becoming whiners because they're actually asked to do their job the way it's supposed to be done. So if that's the reason morale's low, maybe you should leave. Because Actually, too, just in local news, um, I guess there was a city council meeting uh, in Wheeling where they asked the police chief, like, what needs to be done to you know get some of this crime under control and like the only answer he he's basically every time he just gives some basic ass shitty response like well it's not my fault because i don't have enough officers and like i mean even people who are like quote unquote pro police in the area um even some of the council people are just like dude this is kind of a shitty answer you mm -hmm. know what i mean you can't just throw your hands up and be like well sucks for you guys like basically no sympathy because i don't have enough people like 
that's a shitty answer. And I'm glad that like, you know, because I feel like if it just comes from the uh, typical people who are raising questions about police, then they think that we're only saying it because we don't support the police. Mm -hmm. So the fact that everyone's kind of on board with, no, that was just a shitty answer. Like you are the chief. You don't get to just be like, well, too bad. Like either give me what I want or it's not going to change. Like that's not the way that you handle things. There's Mm -hmm. more than one way, you know, to get this thing done. Whether we need to, you know, get more community support groups together or we need to have more security cameras in one location or another. Like there has to be more ways. You can't just like cross your arms and, you know what I mean, demand this or nothing. And I mean, sometimes, you know, in the media frenzy of these types of cases, you know, there's a lot of publicity when it happens. And then just like these cases, like when's the last time you've heard any update on this? You know, this is why we wanted to go back and and revisit them because they might, there might be articles out there about it. Like this particular one's on CNN, but like they haven't mentioned it. Not, not one bit like recently, like what's the update on that? And it makes it very easy for people who don't want to make changes to just slink into the shadows and be like, oh, thank God that thing's over with. Right. What did, what did Aron say? It was a, another day in the... Um, another episode of the Black People Show. <laughs> That's what him and Jermaine said, yeah. You know, and so people got to stay on it. But That really stuck with you, didn't it? You, yes. you bring that up, you say that all the time. Yeah, because I found it like very... Um, like demeaning that they feel like you know people pay attention when it when they're like oh it's emotionally it makes me very emotional right now but as soon as their emotions you know decline and it goes into the background it's like well it's not my problem anymore because I'm not dealing with it every day like like people of color are you know what I mean so it is important that we like continue to think about it when something hasn't just happened but unfortunately like stuff happens constantly so um but they are talking about nationwide more states are talking about banning the no knock warrants which definitely has to happen that absolutely has to happen you can't if you kick in somebody's door without a warrant you know what you are you're a fucking criminal that's what you are right you, you know if you don't have a warrant or if you don't well they okay they have warrants but they don't have to let the person know they have a warrant so to that person inside the house you're you're a criminal breaking right. into their house they have no idea you have a warrant right i mean that's bullshit that doesn't need ever happen um so, and then uh, the the body cameras, you know, mandating that these body cameras be on. It's not enough to buy them. It's not enough to put them on the officers and tell them. There has to be punishment if you don't turn your camera on. Or if you turn it off. I right. mean, we see that all the time, even with, uh, what was his name? I always get it wrong. Elijah McLean. 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 Mm-hmm. I don't know why I always say McCain. Um, Covers goes to John McCain. Yeah, but you think I would remember McLean because that's like John McLean from Die Hard like McLean, but um, yeah, and this, in the case of Elijah McLean, um, both officers who were there, their body cameras just happened to like fall off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, nah, you should just be fired for that. Like, sorry, this is, you know what I mean? Like, no, th- this is a, this is a absolute in your employment. If this camera stops running, you're fucking done. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's, I, I kind of always say that too, is that there, there's a problem too. I feel like that people, have to or or police chiefs or departments have to overlook so much that police officers may do because we do need police and you know there's there's not people just signing up to become cops every single day especially not with the the climate and how people perceive them Mm -hmm. and so i'm like i wouldn't even be opposed to you know paying police more and and like all people like that paramedics firefighters like all first responder people i don't think they make enough money for the danger that they put themselves in and Etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I also think that if we required more training and uh, paid them more, then the second that they act up, 
gone. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like no more of that. I will be absolutely all in favor of offering more incentive for people to become police officers. But that has to come with, you know, none of this bullshit. If you fuck up, you're done. You're gone. And we will replace you with someone else. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like We have to stop making this a desperation situation. Because if you don't have anybody signing up, then you're just going to get stuck with all the bad people. You know, that's kind of my logic. Yeah. People always get so, like, bent out of shape when I instantly say, like, well, maybe they should be compensated better so that we can have more applicants and, like, people freak out about that. But I'm like, you know what I mean? It's just logic. Keep the good and weed out the bad. Right. Well, here's the sad thing. I tried to find the story about this um, man who was a, it was a black man in his driveway and the police um, officer who responded, like, came up on the, came up to the driveway and, like, shot him within, like, a minute of being there. And the body camera was not turned on yet, but I guess it has like a um, an automatic like look back feature. So even if it wasn't turned on, like it records so many seconds before and then like probably just cycles through it. You know what I mean? But they were able to go back and see that like the guy was unarmed. He had a cell phone in his hand and who knows what this officer, you know, but I but I can't. Um, and he didn't administer aid to the person. But that's when, the most shocking thing too for me is I'm like, how can you even claim that you were innocent if you can shoot someone and then they just like stand around and wait for EMS to show up? Like you're not even trying. So to, I think this was Columbus. It says uh, the video shows Hill was shot just seconds after he emerged from the garage of the home where he was visiting. Video shows Hill holding up a cell phone in his left hand and his right hand. Okay, his right hand can't be seen. There's no audio during the shooting because Coy hadn't activated his body camera until after the shooting although the department policy required that he do so beforehand. An automatic look-back feature captured the shooting without audio. No weapon was found on Hill, reports say. Police had been called to the home because of a noise complaint. The video also shows that Hill received no first aid for several minutes after the shooting as he lay moaning on the floor of the garage. So, you know, the body cameras, don't turn it on, or you turn it off in a suspicious... Why do they even have the capacity to turn it on and off? You know, I mean, it's so there's a lot of those kind of things that I feel like it is faded out from the news, but there are still people saying this needs to change, this needs, and they're staying on it. You know, the no-knock warrants, the body cameras, more departments getting them, um, taking stricter, stricter action against people who have social media, like hate stuff on their social media. That yeah, shows. I was actually just fucking shocked recently that I saw somebody um, making some kind of comment about all these riots or whatever, like all the, the majority of the major cities had riots in them or this and that. And then like creep, just, you know, saying some of those fucking on the line specifically meant to sound like uh, racially loaded comments. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it doesn't come right out and say anything ignorant, but it's just like one of those opinions where you're like, wow, that's kind of a bad way to look at it um so i creeped on the dude's profile i have to i'd have to look it up specifically because i don't want to misquote what was said but the guy is a west virginia sheriff mm-hmm. and i'm just like this is gross you know what i mean and like how many times do we see that it's like online these people post like crazy ass q shit or like they're super fucking crazy on one political side or the other like i get that people are allowed to have their opinions but like when you're in a position where you hold power over the citizens as a whole mm-hmm. you need to be a little unbiased right you know and then the one guy what was it martin's ferry that like posted jokes about like sexual assault victims because it was some joke about biden and like posted all this anti-democrat shit and like was a cop and it's just like mm-hmm. this how is anybody supposed to feel like 
You're there to protect everyone. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you just straight up made a joke about like mm-hmm. sexual assault. It was it was some kind of me too joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm just like, oh yeah, I'm sure somebody who is, you know, assaulted or raped is definitely going to feel comfortable if you're the officer responding now that they've seen you publicly post this. Right. I mean, it's just disgusting. So that this was totally... just yesterday. This was just yesterday. This is also in a Breonna Taylor case is that the fired um, LMPD detective wants a new trial location due to quote media circus around Breonna Taylor. So he, his attorney, um, Brett, Brett Hankinson, remember he's the one who was charged with, um, he actually fired the shot that killed her, but he wasn't charged with her death, but with reckless or wanton endangerment of the neighbors because the bullet like went through the wall or something and could have killed the neighbor. So he's, wow. that was the attorney, um, that he got. And so, um, or I'm sorry, the, um, the charge that he got. And his attorney is saying that he wants the trial moved to another location and the family saying that's BS. Where are you going to move it to? Brazil? Well, <laughs> you know, sometimes when you move, um, you, you move the location of a trial to a different area, you get a different demographic. It's more white, it's more black, it's more... Right, that's exactly you what you're saying. I mean, this case has been covered all over the country. I don't right. think there's a location where you can go where people don't right. have an opinion about it. So moving it is is doing nothing. But that's except a very for, typical thing that you see in these cases is that they get, try to get it moved. They delay, delay, delay until it's out of the news. Like, look how long it's been since some of these things have happened. And it's like, it's so delayed. And it's because the, 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 uh, the defense attorney is hoping that it fades out of public view and they can get some kind of cheesy, low-grade plea going on so their client doesn't do any time in jail. Like, and they're hoping that it'll just slide, slither under the radar, the media's radar, which a lot of times it does because the media only reports stuff when they get a lot of ratings for it and then they forget about the story. Um, so we got George Floyd. Um, an important ruling happened in the George Floyd case because a judge determined that the, um, evident, the evidence of his prior arrests and discussion of his conduct during those encounters with police cannot be used by the defendants in the case to say that, well, his based on his prior behavior, this is why we did what we did. That's been thrown out, so they can't use that, um, which is good because enough blaming the victim people, okay? And then, uh, but the but on the, the downside of it, um, all of the officers involved in George Floyd's death were going to be tried initially together as like one, this was one killing, and they were all participants in the same killing. So it was going to be a trial where all of them would be tried together. Well, now their attorney has successfully, their attorneys have successfully spliced them out now. So they will not be tried together, which to me is the first step of, well, he did it, not me. Well, it was him that did it. And, you know, I, I felt like I had to do it because of him. So that's what I see the future of their defense being just blaming on each other in separate trials. So, um, and it's going to be sometime in August is when they are set to face, uh, to actually have the trial sometime in August. Okay. And then we got Ray Sean Brooks. He was the gentleman, if you remember, that was in the Wendy's drive-thru that fell asleep and then was woken up by police and then grabbed a taser and tried to run away. Okay. That case, I feel Mm. like, not that it doesn't deserve to be talked about, but I feel like I feel like this is a different category than what happened to George Floyd. Um, because th- this is the one that they had all on video, right? They, and this is the one where the guy pointed the taser back at the cops, right? Like, he, like, right. fought back and shit. So, I mean, like, out of all of these cases, 
some of them are just plain black. There's no, there's absolutely no way to defend it. Like what happened to George Floyd? There's no defense to that. There mm-hmm. just isn't. Mm-hmm. There just is no defense. Mm-hmm. But this case, when people are arguing, you know that he fought them and then turned around and tried to use their weapon against them. And well, then, I don't think that know? I don't think that anyone is disputing the fact that he was um, trying to run away and that he used a taser. However, I think that this question is still reasonable use of force because they knew right. it was a taser and they knew that I think it had been deployed once already or it didn't work once already. And they, so they didn't, there wasn't any harm, but well, I could honestly, see how too, in the like, adrenaline if, if moment, they would, don't even know, like, unless this guy's like one up for murder or something, then let him run. You have his car, you have his plates. Like you can put a mm-hmm. warrant out for him. I mean, just, just in a recent dealing with the police, there was a domestic situation where, you know the police were called and instead of them going and arresting this guy even though they knew where he was they just put a warrant out for him yeah right they didn't even go and pick him Mm -hmm. up Mm -hmm. which he may have been a danger to other people he would he had already assaulted someone earlier in the evening Mm -hmm. but they didn't go after him they just put a warrant out so in these kind of situations i guess i just think what's the fucking worst case scenario you already know who he is let him run right unless you know he is a danger i mean so i don't agree with them shooting him Mm -hmm. at all but like I guess in that case, um, when there is a struggle and there are weapons, I guess I guess it still needs to be talked about. I just don't think it should be in comparison to what happened to George Floyd, which 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 was right. senseless no, sure. murder. I mean, I mean, they all have they all have different. Um, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. There's different levels, but there was a Supreme Court case that actually. It's hard to imagine this, but there was a time when law enforcement could just shoot you in the back if you ran away from a crime. And there was a Supreme Court case where, um, and, and I can't recall the case off the top of my head, but um, there was a person fleeing and I think they got to a wall or a fence or something and were climbing over. Literally obvious that they weren't um, attacking and the officer shot him at the person in the back and killed him. And it went to the Supreme Court and they said, no, it's not justifiable for a, a law enforcement officer to shoot a fleeing person unless they uh, can have belief that that person is a threat. So in the case of, um, and you, we've seen these videos before where people are fleeing away from the police and, you know, to say they're obviously not a threat to the officer, right? If they're running away, they don't have anything to fight you with. They're fleeing. So then the only question is, is that person a danger now to the society at large. Which I mean, and, I guess I just hate that argument because again, like I said, especially in domestic violence situations, I've, I mean, I've seen this my whole life. Anytime I've I've seen or witnessed somebody dealing with domestic violence, that we already know that that person is a danger to at least one other person, one other and person, they don't right. they don't do shit about that. I mean, I mean, so what? You can get a restraining order? Like, great. You domestic I mean? so, situations are like in a unique category, though that it's very hard to compare them to other situations. That's not a cop out. I'm just saying, like. It's a different. It's a different dynamic in a domestic situation. This guy, I just feel like was drunk, police. passed out in the Wendy's. Approaches him. He's reasonable at first, and then you know the, it turns into like a, a, a confrontational situation, and he freaks out and he runs away. He's obviously running away because he's afraid of being arrested or whatever. But at that point in time, like, how do you decide like that guy's gonna gonna kill people? So you have to shoot him in the back. Now, like, actually, in the Jacob Blake case where he was trying to get in the car. And the mother of the children was screaming that the kids were in the car, according to their version of the story, and saying, you know, he has a he has a, a knife. So at that point, they're dealing with a domestic situation. They're saying the guy 
they believe the guy had a knife in the car and the kids are in the car and he's about to get in the car and take take off. Now, I still look looking at the video from my per perspective. Before he ever got close to the car, there was an opportunity to for all the officers that were there to kind of go at him at once and get him under control. It seemed like that was the failure there. But like once he got to the car, like shooting him seven times was like insane. Like so. But in that case, more than even the Wendy's drive through case, I could say like there seemed to be more of a immediate danger to other people with those kids being in the car. So anyways, that takes on to Elijah McLean. Um, and there is a grand jury investigation now into his death. So that's, that's recent that they've decided that there, there is enough confusion, suspicion, whatnot to open a grand jury investigation into his death. So that's good. Um, all right. So then, uh, and speaking of shootings, <laughs> we have a couple of strange stories here. So there was this 95 year old guy in Colorado. It's not funny, but, um, he shot a staffer and in his assisted living facility killed him because he thought he stole a hundred dollars out of his wallet. Now, when I first heard the story, I'm like, okay, where is this? Texas? 95 year old Colorado. Oh, Colorado. Did you say that? Did you say Colorado? Yes. 95 year old man in an assisted living center. What the how did he have a gun? Why did he have a gun? Did they allow him to have a gun? Did he take a vacation from the facility and come back and stash a gun in this building? Like, who brought him the gun? Did he move in with it? Like, there's a lot of questions for me about this because Yeah, I mean, I know uh I know we're all for the Second <laughs> Amendment, but doesn't uh Maybe dementia could just rule that That's out. That's what like, I'm saying. Like, he obviously had some kind of issue that he thought, because if you can't live at home and wipe your own ass, maybe you shouldn't have a Glock. <laughs> just maybe. Well, I mean, just stop and think about this for a second. So you're in a communal living environment. Like, I live at my house. I have a firearm. Okay. When I leave the house, I take it to protect myself in my, in, in my very immediate uh, circle. Okay, so like if someone tries to attack me, basically, I'm not going out to police the neighborhood. Um, somebody would have to be in grave physical danger for me to try to use that firearm to, to, to help them. Okay, um, I'm not the police. I'm not going to be some vigilante crazy. That gun is for my protection. Okay, so you got this 95 year old guy. He's living in a communal environment. So if they don't have security, armed security at the facility, What's to say grandpa just doesn't take his gun and just start walking from room to room shooting the other people in this living facility? Especially if he's 95. Like, I'm sure he's probably been in the military. Like, there's just, dude, there are That's so many. There's so many questions about yeah, this Yeah, there's thing. so many reasons that why that. That was crazy when I heard that. I was like, 95? And plus, you got $100 stolen? It's a reason You're to take 95. Yeah. You've never had $100. You've never lost $100. I'm like, damn, that sucked that I lost that 100 bucks. You're going to kill somebody? And it was like a maintenance person or something. Wow. So that's sad. It's sad that that person lost their life because of nonsense. Like that guy never should have had a gun in a communal living environment. And now like he that. should go to prison, but he probably they did. won't. No, they arrested him. Oh, good. <laughs> they took him to jail. Yeah, but they, they arrested him. But are they going to be like, oh, well, he's really old. So we're just going to. I don't gonna, know. Blah, they arrested blah, blah. him. Okay, so now we got the Roscoe's robbery. So this happened in Pasadena, California. And this is the kind of stuff that like. You know, we're strong supporters of the Second Amendment, and it's the crazy mofos that to use guns to do stuff that we, like, 
that that's not us like seriously punish dude, like, the person not 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 the people that use the firearm appropriately punish the people that do the acts okay so this guy goes into a chicken and waffle place he's told he can't come in there he's not gonna be served without a mask so he has a tantrum leaves gets a gun comes back and like threatens the people there and gets his chicken and waffles and fucking leaves now that is ridiculous like that to me like you what you took a gun in and terrorized people because you had to wear a mask like we have to stop this nonsense like the people thinking that rules and laws like they're above it and if you and if they don't like the rule or the law they're just going to stick a gun in your face that shit needs to come to a screeching yeah, fucking halt. should not be allowed. This is the thing about America, too, is that we coddle people. Yes. To no fuck, well, certain classes and groups of people. We coddle and let them get away with fucking everything. And I, I just, I, I seriously hope for a day that we can start treating these people the same that everyone else gets treated. Because we, we all know that there's a difference. And it's like, I mean, just like with this, uh, what the fuck is her name? That idiot. Marjorie Taylor Yeah, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Um, oh, we're going like, to get to her, too. Yeah, we, 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 wanted, to, her, we wanted to talk for a minute about what happened in Myanmar. I just, I can't, I can't, I can't with her. They yeah, should have just been I throwing know. that bitch out immediately. Like, okay, you don't want to follow the rules? Then you're free to leave, but you're not coming in here. And like, until yeah. we start taking that stance on these types of people and stop mm-hmm. letting them tantrum and get okay, their so way. Okay, so let's talk about her before we go to Myanmar, since we are obviously want to talk about her. So Marjorie Taylor Greene was elected to represent a district in Georgia that is like more conservative than you can say conservative. Like it's a serious, hardcore Trump land. Okay. She ran on a platform of I'm for Trump. That's what her, that's that's what her platform is. But apparently before leading up to her election, she put a whole ton of stuff on Facebook that she later scrubbed. I'm not sure at what point she scrubbed the stuff probably when she was getting ready to run for office some people were saying it was out there and people knew about it other people were saying the people that voted for her didn't know about it point being she knew the stuff was wrong because she tried to get rid of it but people archive shit bitch so guess what it came out i love when older people don't understand how the internet works dude that shit cracks me up oh yeah speaking of the well, actually let me don't forget me to tell you the story about kellyanne conway after okay. you finish this okay so, um, anyways, among the crazy things that you've probably already heard on the news um, that Marjorie Taylor Greene believed in, that um, Jewish space laser started the fires out in California. I, I thought this was an Onion article when I no, saw it on Facebook. No, it was Facebook. for real. So, when they say Jewish space lasers, she means the Rothschilds, because she was going on to that whole conspiracy bent about the Rothschilds, and, you know, the Rothschilds were a Jew- Jewish family. So, that's where the Jewish space laser... But she did say that they used a laser, like... I forget what the which late night comedian it was. It was like, why would you waste a good use of a laser? Like, you know, you could just use matches. <laughs> like, like normal people, you're gonna waste a good Jewish space laser. That was his, <laughs> that was his joke, and it was really funny. It's not my joke, but that was funny. Um, so yeah, she's the total whack job. She said Q is a patriot. We know this. She went on and on about the Q and on stuff. Um, but the most shocking thing to me was that in December of 2019 so this was at would have been after the election there's a video that's emerged of her telling her supporters via like i mean i say her supporters but anybody watching the video to storm the capitol she says to them if so many of us go there if we go there in massive numbers 
and just push through the doors and get inside, they won't be able to do anything. We can literally stop this. So right there, she is inciting an insurrection. She clearly does it for, I mean, people want to argue about what Trump said when he said, fight like hell. What does that mean? She literally specifically said, go to the Capitol and storm the fucking Capitol. And then they, people did it. And after that, she has tried to take a firearm into the house chambers. Like a couple, a couple of the Republicans have, have tried to go around the metal detectors they put up there to keep people from taking weapons in there. You know, it's, it's gotten out of control. And, um, so they had this meeting, I guess, uh, the, the Kevin McCarthy who could easily deal with Marjorie Taylor Greene if he wanted to, but you know what? He's scared. He's scared of her. She's running him right now because he could literally just snuff her out, but he won't. You know why? Cause he's scared of her crazy voters and all the other crazy Trump voters who are still into QAnon, who they still think can have some sway in their personal elections, they're scared of those people. So they're cowards. They won't have a conscience and kick this whack job to the curb because they're so afraid that someone's going to vote against them. Well, guess what? It's time for you guys to grow a set or just admit that maybe you like the crazy and you are the crazy and that's your party. To me, I don't give a shit which side you decide you want to be on, whether you want to be sane and deal with her, then deal with her. Or if you want to be crazy to get crazy people's votes, then be crazy and just admit you're crazy. But don't be doing the secret shit like they tried to remove Liz Cheney, who I'm no fan of, Dick Cheney's daughter. They tried to remove her from her leadership position. Mr. Matt Getz went out to her district, to Liz Cheney's district, and tried to get a rally going to convince people to unseat her. Okay. Now, like I said, I'm no friend of Liz Cheney, but the Republican Party's eating itself alive because if you're not crazy enough, if you will, if, because Liz Cheney voted to impeach Trump. Okay. So now all of these state level Republicans are doing these censures to punish the, uh, the, the uh, House of Representatives and the senators that said, yeah, Trump incited an insurrection. We have the courage to say that's what he did. Now the Republicans are attacking them, wanting them kicked out of the party. So basically my thought process here is the crazies are going to win. Why are they going to win? Not because they're stronger, but because of the cowardice of the supposedly sane Republicans. Like I said, they're either, either the biggest cowards ever or they're, they want the crazy vote. There's no, there's no other two options about it. So I'm more than happy to see the Republican Party destroying itself because the bottom line is the reason they go for these hate tactics, these, these uh, hate immigrant tactics, these uh, abortion scaring, crazy, all the stuff that the Republican Party spits every day, you know why they spit it? Because they're fakers and they have no platform to help anyone. It's all drama, 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 drama creating stories where they're the heroes and Democrats are the bad guys because they have no, nothing to make your life better. Um, I actually went to the AFL-CIO to look at, first I started looking at Matt Getz and uh, Jim Jordan and these other, you know, the people that pull the stunts that make Fox News, the storming of the skiff during the, the impeachment, the first impeachment, these showboaters, okay? So I go on to look up what kind of legislation they've passed. It's pathetic. 
So Jim Jordan and Matt Getz, all they pass is anti-abortion shit. Now I'm pro-life, okay? But if you've got 15 fucking bills and the only thing you can do is 15 different ways to say you don't like abortion, you're not working for the vast number of the American people. You're showboating because you have no real legislation to help people with jobs, to help you with wages. So then I went to the AFL-CIO to see what legislation, like the legislative scorecard, uh, how, how they're graded by the, the highest union uh, in the country. And in 2019, there was a bill that was passed that was kind of like um, a reaffirmation of basically people's right to unionize. And it said that if you try to make a union, your boss can't retaliate against you, can't fire you, that lockouts wouldn't be allowed. It was like really pro-worker stuff. And you know, like 218 um, Democrats voted for it. And like almost all of, there was five Republicans that voted for it and all the other Republicans voted against it. So they don't want you to have workers' rights. If you look at how they voted on $15 minimum wage, they don't want you to get paid a living wage. They don't want your life to be good. They My want favorite you to barely one too is survive. That, you know, they bitched about Obamacare for the entire presidency of Obama and then swore they were going to get rid of it and then had four years of Trump with total GOP control and didn't do shit. They could not come up with anything better after all the shitting on it they did. Could no. not propose anything better for healthcare. Of course not. I'm just like, yeah, dude, it's just of not it's not, not in them to offer anything beneficial to the American people. And don't get me like don't get me wrong, I know Democrats are fucking shitty too and looking out for their own pockets, but at, at least they like have a platform they're running on like Yeah, I mean, I have my I have obviously my own problems with Democrats and they have their corruption, they have their big donors. All that's true. But when you look at the actual legislation, what are they saying? We want to put this into law. What, what's, get the receipts. This is, my, this is my new thing. Let's see the receipts. What have you done for the American people in your time in office? For the money you're sucking out of our tax dollars to sit there up on Capitol Hill, what, have you, what are you doing to make people's lives better? And one of the crazy things they, they were trying to pass, and, and like I said, I'm pro-life, okay, but I'm not a wacko, hateful, bomb abortion clinics pro-life person. I think there's a lot of things that need examined about the pro-life argument, including how it affects women psychologically that I don't think a lot of people give a shit about. You know, they're just like, hey, you know, let her have an abortion. It's like, well, how's that going to affect her? You know, like, I care about the whole woman, not just that one moment that you think your own political thing you want to put on her. But anyway, without getting off into that too big of a tangent. So one of the things they were talking about was like, um, a baby that survives an abortion, if it dies, is the doctor criminally responsible? Oh my God. And do they have to try to resuscitate a baby if there's a botched abortion? And a lot of it has to do with burial. Like um, if a woman comes into a clinic, they want it to be a law that either she or the doctor has to designate how this aborted baby's remains will be handled, whether they'll be buried, cremated. So rather than focus on anything scientific, or legal, which, which to me, if you're a pro-life person, is the avenue to change abortion law is through science and what's legal, because it all comes down to what is life, what, who has rights as a human being. That's where they need to be focused on, not on the religious nut job shit and, and trying to make a woman feel like by asking her, how would you like your baby's body disposed of after you kill it? Like, that's just terrorist tactic bullshit. You know what I mean? 
Women should make educated decisions. They shouldn't be terrorized into the decisions, but they should be supported so they don't feel like they have to have an abortion because they have no choice. Do you think our country would have so many abortions if women has support to have a baby? Hell, people that are married, you know, and have a, they, they feel like they can't even have kids because of the economic situation so shitty. So anyway, but aside from that, all these Republican men do is pass all these laws about abortion. All the little nuances about abortion, they want to pass all these. You know why? Because that's easy for them. It's easy for Rand Paul, who's supposed to be a libertarian. You know what the whole libertarian philosophy is? Hey, if it doesn't affect me, do what you want. You want to do drugs? Go ahead. I don't care. I don't think drugs should be illegal because, hey, you're putting it in your own arm. It's up to you. That's the whole libertarian philosophy. It's pretty close to anarchy. But Rand Paul has like 15 freaking bills that he put out there about abortion. So you're not a libertarian. Let's just be true about it. You're really not because you're trying to put your morality onto somebody else. So anyway, the long and short of it is we're going to start doing some stories on the types of legislation that these various people are passing. Who's voting for what? Because I think it's about damn time that instead of CNN being the hate the Trump show, and Fox News being the love the Trump show, the news media should be telling us like what legislation's coming up, what how it's going to affect our lives, and who's voting for what. You know, Mo Brooks voted against a bill that would lower the cost of prescription drugs. Yeah, Mo Brooks, the guy that was up there saying we need to go in and uh, take names and kick ass. Mr. Loudmouth at the Capitol that said, this is the day that Republican, that we start take, kicking ass, taking names and kicking ass. That loudmouth, no good piece of crap. Yeah, he wants to make sure you don't get $15 minimum wage. He wants to make sure you can't afford to buy medication. That's the kind of guy he is. So he has to cover up all that ignorant, like destroying your life shit with, but I'm a patriot. That's, that's what all this is about. It's all an act to cover up for their total incompetence and their protection of their big, big, big business and their freaking donors. Okay, so then let's see. And you wanted to tell a story about... About... You said remind me to tell you. Oh, yeah, Kellyanne Conway. Kellyanne Did you Conway. see? She uh, posted a picture supposedly on her Twitter of her naked preteen daughter. You, you didn't hear about this? No. She posted nudes of her underage daughter on Twitter. What the f*** was she thinking? I don't know. Apparently, there is has always been some, like, public feuding between her daughter, Claudia. I it think was a revenge was. thing? That's uh, kind of how it spun at first. Oh, like, dude. now she's going back and saying that, like, maybe her mom's phone was hacked and that's why she did it. But, like, at first, she was spinning that, like, I can't believe she did this to me, like, blah, 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 blah. And uh, I don't know, it's been kind of silent since then, but I'm like, oh, why has she not been arrested? She literally posted child pornography on Twitter. Like, what the fuck? But I'm just like, I hope to God that girl gets away from her. Seriously. Well, this was three days ago. It says Kellyanne Conway's daughter, Claudia, disappears from social media following abuse allegations. Yeah, I mean, she's uh, her daughter's like always posting shit about her mom just being absolutely horrible to her. And like Kellyanne Conway accused of posting topless photo of her 16-year-old daughter on Twitter. Yep, she sure did. Police visit home of ex-Trump aide Ke Kellyanne Conway after nude photo of her daughter appears on Twitter. So apparently the police are looking into it. They should have arrested her. I mean, what the... I mean, that's just... That's just... I feel so bad for that poor now, kid. Let she's going to need so much let therapy. Let me just say... Let me just say, if she's a teen feuding with her mom, possibility she could have thrown mom at her bus by doing it herself. 
All I'm saying is we don't have all the facts, but if she did that, she is she is just proving that she's the lowest of the low scum that we thought she was. Because that's just beyond. Yeah, just, just so beyond. vile. So but guess vile. what, guys? We'll find out because pictures have metadata. Yes. So they can trace that photo. They can find out where it came from. So y'all have fun with that, and we'll keep you updated on... Uh, if they even look into it, I feel like because she's just famous. Maybe it's a family matter. Maybe they'll sweep it under the rug. Who knows? But, uh, okay, so Myanmar, we want to talk about that real quick. So Myanmar, formerly known as Burma, it's, that was what it's, the country was named before, um, had a military coup several days ago. And the interesting thing about it is that... Um, they had elections in November, the same as we did, and um, the military there has a, uh, they were under military dictatorship for a lot of years, and um, back in like 1988, they had a revolution, it was called the 8888 revolution, and the government, the military agreed that they would make concessions and start having elections, so the first election that they had um I think it was in the early 90s, and the, the people that wanted democracy, like, wanted a landslide. Shocker there. You know, you're under military dictatorship. You have an election. People decide, hey, we'd like to have democracy. So they jailed the leader of the um, Democratic Party, threw her in jail. Um, and so it's been a struggle in that country for them to emerge out of this kind of military control. So the military, um, like I said, has been pressured into having elections. In 2011, they had the first like uncontested, like open elections. But there were was a requirement that the military would ret retain like 25 percent of the seats in their representative body. So it's like you know we got the Republicans and the Democrats, and they have like the military party, which is insane. But um. So again, in uh, 2011, there was a landslide for the, um, you know, the Democratic Party. Now, the lady who was the leader uh, there, she, um, she wasn't allowed to actually become the president because she has two children who are British nationals. So even though she was like the leader of the party, uh, you know, and everybody wanted her to be president, she was technically not allowed to be president. So they elected a president and she was um, serving as the like minister counselor to the president, but she's considered kind of the de facto leader of the democratic people there. So she, she's been, uh, they, they've, they've been in power since, um, I think it was 2011 or 2015, but in any event, they had elections in November and the military did exactly the same thing Trump did said that there was election fraud, the dead people voted. I mean, literally, it's like verbatim of the same bullshit the GOP here tried to use to, to delegitimize our elections. Play by play, the military party in Myanmar did the same thing. So the, people got very nervous there was going to be a military coup, just like we got really nervous there was going to be some kind of violent over, attempt at a violent overthrow. But um, the military kept saying, oh, no, 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 you know, we're not going to do a coup. We're just putting pressure on them to investigate this election fraud. There were 10 million fraudulent votes, okay? So 
all of the election officials looked into all of the instances that were supposedly fraud and it was bullshit, just like it was bullshit here. And um, we had a coup and then they had a coup. Only, unfortunately, their coup was successful. I know. I love how the uh, the Republican Party is always preaching that, like, you know, when they're all, when they're all war hungry, they're like, we have to bring freedom and democracy to other countries, and like this shit happens in Myanmar, and they're just like, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. Biden has already come out and said that the military needs to reverse what they yeah, did. Yeah, Biden. I I mean the Republicans. Oh. Republicans are just like looking the other way like doo, 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 but, doo, you know, but we have no comment on this but no listen I was thinking about this too like that's not just a Republican thing because because uh, Pelosi stood side by side with Juan Guaido who is the opposition leader in Venezuela took a picture with him when he came here for a visit and all of the US government including the Democrats we're recognizing Juan Guaido as the president of Venezuela. Wow. Why is that crazy? Because Juan Guaido didn't even run in the elections. He wasn't even, he told the people in that party not to vote because the vote was rigged. So blatant. It's the wow, same where, where, story. Wait, where have we heard that before? Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I don't know, the CIA wrote a script or something. Um, but yeah, so... He, he told his people, don't vote because the election's rigged. And then after the election was over and Maduro was determined to be the president, um, he said, that's bullshit. I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the leader of Venezuela. I mean, it would be just like if Pelosi just one day said, you know what? I'm the president. <laughs> like, I'm the leader. Like, when Trump was in there, I'm saying. Like, if she just declared herself the leader without having an election, without participating, just declared herself president and all the country was like, okay, Nancy, you're the president now. No, that's not how the shit works. Like you might have suspicions about an election, but you can't just make shit up. But Nancy Pelosi did because she should have told Juan Guaido, well, I can't recognize you as the official president of Venezuela because you never ran in the election. So I don't know, like that whole story of Venezuela like, personally, I think that we are to blame for most of Venezuela's problems because we have a serious sanction regime going against them just because we don't like who they're, who's in charge in their country. And we didn't like Chavez, so we, we put the regime into place there. They have oil. Our oil companies want to go in there just like they wanted to go into Iraq. Um, we already tried to overthrow, overthrow their country once in 2002 and got busted out. Um, the, the, the people stormed... <laughs> The entire populace came and said, we want Chavez back. And the freaking botched coup that they did, they had to just give them back their president because the people were so pissed off. They knew the U.S. was behind it. It was ridiculous. So, I mean, people here only hear the stuff about Venezuela that comes from, like, the mainstream media. And, like, it's, it's a lot of it's just propaganda. I mean, stop and think about it. To go to war in Iraq, we had to make it sound like Saddam Hussein was a... Was a um, what do they call that? Like weapons of mass destruction and threat. He was a threat to us. He could actually, what are we going to do? Wait till there's a mushroom cloud. That's what Bush actually said. The bullshit lies they said to get us into Iraq were based on some kind of threat calculation that they had against us. What threat calculation does Venezuela, they don't even have nuclear weapons, dude. Like they are literally no threat to us. What business do we have going down there saying we want this guy in charge instead of this guy? Like that's total bullshit. But yeah, Nancy Pelosi got some splaining to do on that one because how are you going to cry 
about people here saying elections are fraudulent when they weren't, when you basically authorized something saying the elections in their country were fraudulent. I mean, it's a big hairball. But, um, so yeah, Myanmar right now is under military control. Biden has already issued a statement saying that, um, you know, it's it, it that they had no reason to do it, and it was a it was a coup, and it was wrong, and he's planning on you know doing some kind of sanction against them if they don't reverse what they did, and the leader is uh, she's currently under arrest, but she spent many years of her life under arrest trying to fight democracy there, so I feel bad for her. That is sad. Yep, she was like she, I think she was in under house arrest for like fifteen years. So it's wild, but um, she's kind of like the Nelson Mandela of Myanmar. You know what I mean? She's she's determined to bring democracy there, and they just keep throwing her in jail. That's crazy. But uh, and then uh, one other thing was Alexei Navalny. You know, went back to Russia. You know who he is? I'm not familiar. So he is a very prominent Putin critic. Who sometimes is he? Their guy that's the writer, like a no, journalist? No, no. You're thinking of uh, thinking of Snowden? No, no, uh, no, no. I was thinking about there's there's a, no. Never mind. Go ahead. So, anyways, yeah, Navalny um, was in opposition to Putin, and I believe it started after Putin declared himself like that he was able to stay in office until like 2036 or some shit. Which now he says he's stepping down. Yeah, he said he's stepping down after this year what? as the president. When yeah. did he say that? It was very recent. Oh my God! I didn't see that. Yeah, but but he but he originally wow, had, both evil stepping down. Maybe maybe the devil is coming to to cash in on some of his uh some of his promises. Like if Putin says he's going to step down, Jeff Bezos is stepping down. Maybe they all got a, an Elon Musk shuttle to Mars. They're going to something. the moon. Yeah, Who knows crazy shit. But um, no, we're just kidding. We're not Q people or anything. That's no. just a joke. It's yeah. not. A, don't believe that. <laughs> but anyway, so Navalny back at the end of last year got poisoned. Mmm. You remember him now? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he was on the plane and he was like moaning because he was get, he was under poison. Yes, I so do remember this. they landed the plane, I think in Germany, I'm not sure, but they landed the plane and got him medical treatment. He, he survived. So he recovered and he's telling everybody, you know, that Putin tried to poison him. Putin was denying the whole thing, saying, no, he's a nobody. Why do, why do you think we care about him? Yeah, yeah, we had people following him, but they didn't poison him. They have no reason to poison him. We don't, he's a nothing. We don't care about him. Um, so... Uh, Navalny, according to his, you know, this video that he's put out there, called up one of these, um, like, KGB guys, pretended to be another guy, and said, how did you screw up that poisoning? What, how did you screw this up? He should have been dead. And got the guy, like, to admit that he, that he did it. Like, <laughs> I do remember that. The guy That's was so, so scared. Shit. Like, if, unless this was totally staged, God knows. You, you know, it's so hard to. But anyways, this is the video is that he calls him up, pretends he's another agent, and gets him to admit that he did poison Navalny. Um, and then um, after all that happened, Navalny goes back to Russia, gets arrested, because he said, we have to fight, we have to fight. We have to fight Putin, we have to fight Russia. So I don't know if this guy's insane. That's some balls, man. I know, dude. Like, I don't, it's even hard to believe. Like, I almost want to think it's some kind of, like, mind game because i'm like has anybody really got that much balls to do that but um yeah so navalny's back in russia and they're deciding what they're going to do with him now but that's a whole nother drama so you're right juke you got you know russia stuff going on you got um 
uh, you got a lot of stuff around the world, like Myanmar, the military coup there, and then who knows how that's going to turn out. I haven't out. checked in on uh, any updates on what's going on in Hong Kong either recently. I don't know if you've read anything about that recently, but I was keeping up on it for a while, but back in school now, so I haven't checked it. Yeah, there's some, um, you know, there was some issue with the military conducting operations, um, the U.S. military over in Taiwan, because China is like all hostile about the U.S. having anything to do with Taiwan. It's like, it's a very tense situation. Is that related to the Hong Kong protests? Um, Well, Hong Kong. You know, like the umbrella people? It's like kind of related because China is basically flexing its muscles right now, trying to say like, we control this, we control that. Right. And Hong Kong was a province that went back and forth between British rule and... Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got all that. So, yeah. So, I mean, it, in the sense that once China took over this time, they kind of went draconian and started putting these laws that they can arrest people. And so, yeah, they're flexing their muscle there. But there's also a group of islands, um, like in the South China Sea, that don't belong to China, according to international law. But, like, I guess they've been, like, deploying military assets to these islands and basically going, yeah, they're ours. <laughs> Everybody's like, uh. And they're not. And Japan's real nervous about it. So I don't know. Like there's, but they're saying the issue with Russia going on with Navalny and also with China acting up at the same time is to Biden's advantage because he can kind of deal with them together without them playing off of each other. But I mean, it's a whole mess. It's a whole big mess. Just reminds me of that Billy Joel song, like, we didn't start the fire. <laughs> I love that song. Dude, like, <laughs> so it makes like get the lyrics of that song and like, Go through it and actually learn about all the stuff. Oh, I know, it's like dude. a history course. It is. It really is. It's a good it song. Is. It is. It's a good song. But anyway, so we're at about time. Do you have anything else you want to add to this episode, Mick? That's it. All right. Well, that's all I have. So this is Juke signing off. And this is Mick signing off.